We welcome you to Open Court with Fairfield basketball coach Chris Casey. It's your podcast destination for Fairfield basketball. Along with the coach, I'm Bob Huesler, joined by my broadcast partner, the Fairfield Hall of Famer, Joe DeSantis. Our special guest today is Stag senior Jalen Leach, who is coming off a career-high 25-point performance in Friday's game against New Hampshire. Uh, three games have been played since we last spoke, Chris. Uh, those were losses in Philadelphia to Drexel and Queens University and uh, home loss to New Hampshire. Let, let's start with the starts. They've been slow starts and, and the deficits in these games. You were down 20 in the first half of Drexel, 16 um, nothing run that Queens laid on you at the end of the first half in that second game in Philly. And you were down double digits against New Hampshire, yet – Against Queens and New Hampshire, you take second-half leads. So there's there's the bad part of this and the good part of it. So you want to build on the good, but how do you avoid, in this case, those slow starts? Well, I think, you know, the most important thing is, is um, and we've talked about this in post-game and in practice, as a group, we need to learn to uh, get control of games and start games to impact them rather than just to let them unfold. Um, and I don't think that has anything to do with us playing hard. I feel like we're playing hard um, every possession, both ends of the floor. I think our guys are doing a really good job of that right now. Now we have to progress from that to understanding scouting reports, certain things that we have to take away, um, and just in and good possessions on offense, and just in general being able to have that mindset of um, – we're going to impact the game from minute one, not let it unfold and then be reactive, uh, which is kind of what we're doing right now. And I think that's a little bit of a learning process for us. One, uh, as far as getting everybody on the roster um, and having our entire team practicing and playing. And then two, I, I still think we're a little bit in a learning process of uh, trying to figure out what it is I'm trying to get us to do. Uh, on the offensive end and the defensive end. All this has been crammed in uh, since mid-October. And to our guys' credit, I think they're really they're absorbing some things quicker than I thought we would. Um, but I think the biggest thing is, like I said, we have to play games to impact them. Um, I also think, Bob, I, you know, this is another thing we talk about. The game is not just on the line in the last two minutes of a game. It's on the line at five, six, seven different points during the game. And I think we're still in a process of recognizing that. You know, when a team makes a, a 6-0 run on you, you have to feel that as a player uh, and as a group, uh, as a team, and be able to respond to that. So the 6-0 now becomes like 8-2 for our run, as opposed to, you know, 6-0 becoming 10-0 or 11-0. Um, and I still think we're in the process of, of trying to learn that too. Jalen, uh, what do you think from an individual standpoint based on what Coach just said? I, I saw you agreeing with a lot of what he said. He's talking about it from a coaching standpoint. What about from a player's perspective, avoiding those slow starts and impacting the game early? Yeah, I think we just need to come out with a higher level of intensity starting games off. Like he said, we're very reactive. Um, you usually wait for us to get punched in the mouth for us to really wake up and play. Um, I feel like that starts with practice with, you know, keeping the same intensity level throughout practice. And uh, I feel like we're capable of doing it. It's just it takes a while to really get going into games sometimes. And um, I guess that's a learning curve and something that obviously we're going to improve in the future. Chris, back to you. Is there anything um, structurally or that you think you need to do? I mean, you gave a general statement. They have to I, – I get it. I always say this on my broadcast. Um, the big shots don't just come at the end. They come in during the course of the game. Is there anything like rebounding or passing or dribbling, anything particularly that you're working on? Well, we're playing in practice some short games, you know, with the score, um, either tied or maybe down a point or two um, to try to simulate that situation, uh, game sure. situation. Right. Um, so we'll do that. Um, we'll also uh, – one of the other things we do in practice is we keep tra track of turnovers on every live drill, whether it's three-on-three, four-on-four, five-on-five. And then we run off those turnovers individually at the end of uh, at the end of that particular segment, uh, just to remind guys uh, about not turning the ball over. Again, I think that's part of you know getting control of games is having good possessions. Um, so there are a few things that we were doing and that we we're doing now 
uh, to try to simulate that. But I also think you got to go through some things to get good at them. I think that that's an important part, too. Intensity in practice, Jalen, uh, that was a topic that you just brought up, Coach did, and, and you touched upon that as well. Uh, is that something that you take personally as one of the leaders, as one of the seniors on this team? Yeah, of course, because I feel like it translates to the game. I mean, we're competing for a win. Winning is not easy, obviously. So playing hard in practice is obviously very important. And I feel like having the same mindset every day is going to help us um, in the game. And in terms of like getting our players back, we got to learn how to play with each other, uh, know our strengths and weaknesses, and I think uh, it's going to translate soon. Uh, Jalen, what what have you gotten better at in terms? Not, I'm not talking about shooting or dribbling, but off the court in relation to your team now. What do you think you've gotten better at? Uh, yeah, I'd say I'm a better leader. Uh, f- first off, um, I'm probably I played the most since I've been here. I'm a veteran on this team. A lot of people look up to me, um, so I just feel like I've, I've had to lead through by example. Um, Make sure everybody's doing the right spots. We have a lot of new guys who, some who are used to the playing on the D1 level. Uh, we have a lot of freshmen who are playing, so I just feel like it's just leading by example and um, making sure they know how to win and playing the right way. Coach, uh, you told us before the game that two things that you wanted to see improvement in were both rebounding and winning those 50-50 battles. Uh, Referring to the New Hampshire game specifically, what kind of progress do you think the team made in those two areas? I thought we made progress. I don't have the stat sheet in front of me, but I thought, you know, we we, uh, we won the offensive rebounds, and I think we won the overall rebounds. Um, you can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but if I recall, I think that was the numbers. Um, you know, we still a couple too many offensive rebounds. You know, Daniels, I thought, had a couple key ones yeah. uh, and putbacks during the, year, during the uh, course of the game. Um, so that's an area we have to keep improving on is uh, 50-50s and, and, and rebounding the basketball, and that's a point of emphasis every practice and every game. You made a, a tactical decision in that second half. Uh, it was uh, at about the 13-minute mark. You inserted Jack Brown into the game for Peyton Smith, um, and then he stayed in the game for the uh, duration, and Peyton didn't, you know, that was it for him for the game. Was that based on uh, you, know, you wanted to see uh, a better performance on, on the glass? Or let me just be more specific. What was that decision based on? Um, well, it was initially intended to uh, – I thought Peyton was tired. So it was initially intended, let's get Peyton some, some minutes off his feet. And, you know, JB is certainly very capable. So uh, let's get him in the game and get him some minutes. And then, you know, maybe for the stretch run we can get Peyton back. But I felt like uh, JB was playing really well. Um, and, you know, the other thing that allowed us to do some, if you, you saw it at the end of that game, we were able to switch five on the ball screens instead of four, and it took away some of those threes. Now, of course, he, then, you know, on that switch now, um, he's guarding their, their point guard once or twice, which he did a good job with. And then, you know, at the end of the game, the kid made a tough shot at the rim. So, you know, you give some, you take away some. Um, would have been maybe a little more size on that switch, might have altered that shot a little bit more. But I felt like we needed to take some of those pick-and-pop threes away. Um, so I thought the switch five overall helped us. But, you know, I left JB out there for the duration because I just felt like he was playing well. And Peyton handled it really well, too. You know, he's, he was, he's up off the bench, you know, pulling for JB, just like JB's pulling for Peyton when Peyton's in the game. So <clears throat> you sit back after the game and you watch the film with your staff – and you see there was three very good layups that kid made. And um, I, I don't, I'm not saying the defense was bad. The defense was actually good. The kid made incredible shots. One time he took Caleb. Another time on the switch he took Jack. And then the third time in semi-transition, Jack had to pick him up. But all three times, two of the three times when he had Jack Brown on him, he backed the ball out. And he made it clear, I'm going one-on-one. So is, have you addressed that? After that game, like with your staff, I said, we got to do something here. Uh, you know, okay, the kid not only – you switched, the kid recognized that you switched, backed it out, and made it clear that he's going one-on-one. 
Um, so is that something you address? Will you change it? Uh, will you go zone when they bat? You know what I'm just looking for? Yeah, no, I, I know exactly what you mean. No, I, I thought, like I said, I thought down the stretch it helped us with pick and pop stuff. Right. So I thought overall it was a positive. Um, in, in that instance, at the end of the game, it wasn't because he got to the backboard on it. Uh, one of the things we do every day, Joe, in practice is we guard the basketball one-on-one. You know, the four things I want to be good at is I want to guard the ball, I want to be able to help him recover, you know, be in gaps and close driving lanes. I want to be able to play post defense, and I want to be able to rebound the ball. Those are four things that we do in some way, shape, or form every practice. Um, you know, again, I thought the kid made a tough shot down the Real end. Tough. He's a good Real, player. It was crazy tough. Um, so I thought the switch overall helped us, you know. Um, the other part of that is, too, is we get some guys back, and maybe that's Barima at the end of the game right. switching on to him. It's a little more size. Um but, you know, I thought overall in the game, the Xing helps us. I thought what really hurt us was, you know, some spots where we didn't pay attention to scouting report. Like we let yep. Dan- Daniels get to his left hand a couple <clears throat> times. Um, I thought Louis did the best job with that, with keeping him off his left hand. Uh, we we kind of gambled a few times that left open shooters, you know, that resulted in three threes that, that they shouldn't have gotten. So, you know, my feeling is you score 80 points in a game, you're supposed to win. So you got to win that game 80-74, 80-75. Um, you know, so you take away a couple of those scouting report plays, and I think that that's – it wasn't – it's not just the end of the game play. you got to make those plays during the course of the game and take away some of those points uh, that you kind of hand them by not paying attention to scouting report. I, I, I guess – and it's easy for me. I sit in the sideline, and I know it's hard harder for you, but – if I'm looking at it, should there have been, and I hate to heap harping on that particular switch, but shouldn't there have been some communication where Jack Brown would scream for maybe Jalen or another guard to pick him up and switch, you know, as you, he backs there, it out? There can be, but it's hard to leave Harder. the ball, Joe. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. you know from playing and you yeah. know from coaching, like the right. last thing you want to do is leave the, a live ball. Right. You can't do that, like in the, in the midst of the possession, because as you're leaving the ball, he's driving the ball. You know, so I, I think if the ball was, was um, and I think these guys do a pretty good job with their Xing, so I think if the ball changed sides of the floor and came back to him, there would have been a fix. Gotcha. But I think when he's holding the basketball, I think the thing we probably could have done a little better job is maybe closing the driving lanes and angling him out a little bit more uh, away from the backboard. But um, not, not when he has the ball, we wouldn't X that like in midstream. I, I wouldn't want to leave the ball gotcha. like that. You mentioned that uh, Peyton sat at that 12.54 mark, a little gassed at that point. Um, That's not an issue, though. I know earlier in the season, you know, being able to maintain um, at a high level, for Peyton I'm talking about specifically, a little bit of an issue, and it should be. You know, he's making a big leap from uh, from high school to Division I basketball, and, you know, he's seen big minutes. Uh, that is something that I remember uh, Chris Mido struggled with uh, often, uh, even Supreme sometimes. Uh, how about Peyton in terms of getting up to that, that level of conditioning you need him to be at to be able to give you sustained minutes? Yeah, mo- most freshmen do struggle with that because the speed of the game is totally different. The games are longer. The practices are longer with, with more intensity level to them. So over the course of the year, most times freshmen will struggle with that at different points in the year. I think he's done a good job of getting his body in condition over the last four weeks. Um, you know, he's he's um, he's made a conscious effort to push himself through things in practice. If you watch our practices, we get up and down the floor a lot. Um, and he's made an effort to really push himself through some fatigue. Um, and I think he's got more to go on that. He's got more in the tank. Uh, but he's done a really good job. If you had a before and after photo of him like six weeks ago, his body has changed significantly no and doubt. most of it is because he's got himself up and down the floor and he's done a good job with that yeah i remember seeing him in august and uh and then seeing him in your practices in october and then in november i'm it's almost you've seen it in in front of your eyes this transformation um jalen as somebody who's been around the program for four years uh, you you're seeing a guy like peyton smith come in uh, an impact freshman early um what are your impressions of him because there's there's clearly uh uh, an encouraging future for this this guy in particular. Yeah, I knew in the summer that he was really good. Uh, he has a really high offensive IQ, uh, very unselfish, good passer, really good screener. So I knew that 
if obviously if he can get into shape, he's going to be really good for us, uh, especially since we're lacking a lot in, at the five position. So uh, I think it's just it's up to him about how good he really wants to be in terms of his work ethic. But I think in terms of the skills offensively and defensively, I think uh, he can be really good. What about you, Coach, as far as uh, Peyton's defensive ability is concerned, or I hate to use the word potential, but we'll throw it out there in this particular case. Also, you're going to get you know good rebounders eventually when Barima returns and, and Alexis as well. But what about Peyton as as a rebounder? Uh, that seems to be something that the numbers aren't maybe what you would expect them to be for a guy of his size. Yeah, I think the two things he has to improve on, um, and and nobody's talking out of school because we certainly have this conversation. He's got to improve his ball screen coverage. Um, you know, we end up in a lot of drop coverage with him, which is fine. He had one play in the New Hampshire game that was outstanding on a pass-follow ball screen. He readed it, which is exactly what we want to do. He caused the turnover. He went late to the floor and dunked it. Um, so when he's aware of ball screen coverage and does what we're asking him to do, he's pretty successful with it. His biggest problem is he gets a little gas, so he's not up where he needs to be on ball screens. So our general rule on ball screens is impact the ball, close the lane, then close out the shooters. His impact of the ball sometimes on guards coming off ball screens is not sufficient, and he's too deep, and that allows guards to kind of get a little bit of a head of steam at him um, and create some problems. So he's got to improve in that area um, and then rebounding out of his area. You know, when he's, when he's under the ball, I think he does a pretty good job of going after the ball. When the ball is lateral to him on either end of the floor, he's got to start developing the ability to go lateral and rebound the basketball out of his area. So I would say those are, if I had to pinpoint two things, I'd say those are the two things we got to get some more out of him. I want to ask you about your uh, your three-point shooting, or more specifically, the attempts. They were very high early in the season, uh, well over 30 per game in those first three games. The last three games, the two in Philadelphia and New Hampshire, um, barely above 20 attempts per game. I know there's an apples and oranges thing at work here. You know, game circumstances often dictate the kinds of shots that are going up. But philosophically, uh, using the three-pointer as an example as far as what your offensive philosophy is and what you want to see typically from this Fairfield team, how would you approach an answer to that? I mean, I think some of that is game to game, uh, depending upon what teams are, are allowing you to do. Um, I I thought, you know, we took 23s in the last game. You know, you'd like to get up maybe five or six more, but we also got to the foul line a little bit more, yeah. um, you know, which is something that we want to do too. So I, I think that kind of equals it out. We went four for 20. You need to go like, you know, six or seven for 20 in that game. Because um, I thought we had some some pretty good ones, especially in transition. Um, I don't have a set number of threes that I want to get up because I think you can score different ways. You know, if teams are out on the three-point line, taking that away, you can drive the ball, get to the rim, uh, which I thought we did. We had 30, 38 points in the paint, I think, in that game against New Hampshire. 36, I forget what the number was exactly. I don't have the, the – 48. 48, I'm sorry. So we have 48 points in the paint, which is a really good number. So they're out taking some threes away, but we're getting to the rim and finishing. So it's not so much a question of how many threes. I think you got to shoot them at a little better percentage than we did um, and make a couple open ones, um, you know, which we'll do. But but I, wouldn't, I don't have a set number that right. I want to shoot per game. Do any of the players have restrictions on shooting threes? Do you actually say I don't, to someone? Not right now, no, no, because I think the guys that are taking them can make them. You know, if you go down the list, each of them have, have had good shooting nights. Um, so I'm not restricting people from taking open threes. I'm not a big restrictor, Joe, on that kind of stuff. I mean, over a, over a decent sample size, <clears throat> if I see that, you know, that'll be a conversation. Right now the sample size is small. But the biggest thing I want these guys to know offensively right now is that I trust their decisions and they got to go make plays because that, that's how you score points and that's how you win games. The guys have to know that you, you have some trust in them and some faith in what they're going to do with the ball. And I think for the most part, we do pretty good things with the ball. You know, again, I, you score 80 points in a game, you have to win that game. Yep. That team's got to score 74, 73, and that's got to be, you know, and again, part of that is what we discussed at the beginning of the broadcast being able to um, – and this has nothing to do with playing hard because I think we play hard uh, – coming into the game and being proactive 
toughness-wise instead of reactive toughness-wise, combined with the playing hard that we're doing. And, you know, some of that is paying attention to scout. Like, Baker can't get those pick-and-pop threes, and we can't gamble for a steal and leave a wide-open corner three. And those things got those guys rolling a little bit from three. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I think that. Jalen, um, you're a guy who can knock down threes, but uh, you had the 25-point performance against New Hampshire. And overall in that game, 10 for 16 from the field, you only took – two three-pointers, which uh, <laughs> that easily transi- translates to you being very aggressive in that game, taking it to the basket. Uh, I know you have confidence in that part of your game. How much more of that will we see from you as this season progresses? Yeah, it's going to be a consistent thing. Um, I'm starting to trust more of my body. Uh, I feel like I'm very, I can be very physical uh, going to the rim. Uh, a lot of people know me as a shooter a lot, so – um, they usually close out close out on me pretty hard, so I found it easier just to rip drive, get to the basket. So that was pretty much that game, and I feel like as the scouting report improves, they'll probably, you know, step back on me, like worried about the drive. So that's when my three ball will open up. You you, you mentioned trusting your bodies. You mean because coming back from the injuries? Yeah, exactly. And where are you at in terms of percentage wise? You think? Uh, I feel 100 percent honestly right now. You looked 100 uh, percent. Yeah, last game. yeah, I feel <laughs> good. I feel good sure. for sure. Yeah, have you done anything differently in terms of your physical preparation, if that's the right turn of phrase? Because obviously with you, it's always been stay healthy, stay healthy, stay healthy. You've had some unfortunate injuries, you know, freak injuries. So hopefully, knock on wood, those are a thing of the past. But in Mm -hmm. terms of getting yourself physically ready for um, a game and a season, have you – done anything differently coming into say this year well this year I actually had a full summer to actually play instead of rehabbing so I that's just, the first time Jay, yeah right? my you first haven't time. had since you've been here that's the first time you've had a full summer yeah. of being able to get your body ready yeah exactly since probably high school so this summer just really focused on getting my body right actually working out uh working on my skills and yeah I knew uh, I knew it would translate uh since I had a whole summer to prepare so um in that last game where you were Superman, 25 points, made a ton of – you played the whole game. Yeah. Um, did you say to yourself or did Coach say to you or somebody whisper in your ear, you need to step up tonight because good Goodine's not here? Um, I mean, obviously I knew he's, a, he's averaging about 20 points right now. I knew him being out would be, you know, a tough for us because he scores a lot. So, obviously I knew I had to step up. Uh, me, Jasper, we, always, we both knew we had to step up in terms of scoring. Um so, yeah, I, f- I felt that way, but I also felt like um, I could consistently do that even with him there. But, <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Coach, uh, Joe just mentioned to Bryson, Bryson Goodine, who missed that game on Friday. For personal reasons, uh, he's back in practice now. Why don't you give us the update on uh, where he is in terms of uh, getting the work back in? Yeah, he, he, got, he returned to campus last night. Uh, today was a day off for us. We did a community service over in Bridgeport which I thought went really well. Our guys did a great job with that. Um, so he'll get a workout tonight. We'll get him in the gym, get him an extra workout, and tomorrow will be his first full day back in practice. Now, as you get ready for Iona, we'll talk a little bit more about the Mac stuff uh, in, a, in a few minutes, but I want to use them as an entry point to uh, revisiting the, the three-point issue. New Hampshire knocked down, you mentioned Baker in particular, who had a pretty good game against UConn uh, last night as well, so it wasn't an outlier. Uh, but Defending the three is going to be a point of emphasis against this Iona team. Um, they take a lot of them, and, and they make a lot of them more than any team right now in the MAC. although you guys are right up there statistically. But let's stick with just Iona. You know they like to use the three-pointer as a weapon. At times, New Hampshire burned you from behind the arc. How do you prevent a repeat of that happening on Friday against Iona? Yeah, I think with Iona, if you watch them on film, uh, there's a couple things there. First, your transition defense has to be very good uh, because they get transition threes, um, same thing that we like to try to do. So your, your transition defense has to be good. You've got to stop the ball. You've got to get matched up quickly, and you've got to keep the ball in front of you. You can't have drives in transition, and I call them multiple drives. When you get to a transition drive because you don't stop the ball, that creates a second drive, 
that's usually when you're in a real scramble situation and it's it's a real detriment to the defense. Um, so we got to get the ball under control. Um, the other thing they'll do in a half court goes again back to guarding the ball is they, they'll move you some side to side and then they just go. They just drive the ball to the paint, try to get the logo. Uh, I call it the logo area where the MAC logo is in the lane. Um, so they try to get those logo drives and suck you in and then they want to pitch. Um, so the more you guard the basketball, the better you're going to be um, at keeping guys out of the lane and angling drives out away from the logo so you don't have to suck in and help. So I think those are the two biggest areas with them to limiting their three-point shots. At the offensive end, um, Jalen just talked about how he and, and Jasper uh, helped pick up the offensive void left by the absence of Bryson Goodine. Jalen answered the call. Uh, Jasper obviously did as well. He had a sensational line, 25 points, five rebounds, five assists, six steals. He's the uh, Max Steals leader. Uh, so those numbers speak for themselves. That being said, this is a guy who is still getting used to the Division One game. You're seeing a lot of great things from him. What are the, some of the refinements in his game as he continues to mature uh, as a Fairfield Stag that, that you anticipate seeing? Well, I, I I love Jasper's toughness. I mean, he competes, um, as do a number of our guys. Jalen does the same thing. They compete every possession. Um, I like the fact that he gets steals. I think one of the things he's got to do is temper it just a little bit. Again, this is a, isn't a conversation I haven't had with him. Uh, temper it just a little bit to where there's not a significant amount of gambles um, that cost your drive or a three-point shot. I think there's an art to knowing when you can get one and when you can't. you got to just kind of pull back a little bit. He's in the process of... Um, his intensity level's at a high all the time, so he's in the process of kind of learning that. Um, so whereas, you know, you can get three steals in a game or four steals in a game, but not gamble eight times to do it, right. you know, or not gamble nine times to do it, uh, where you're giving up points on the ones you don't get. So I think he's kind of in the process a little bit of learning that. Um, and then I want him to continue to stay in attack mode on offense. That's a phrase I used all the time with you guys. I want you in attack mode. Um, and I want to see him. He's, he's a capable three-point shooter, and he can make threes. And I think as he gets on the floor more and more and more, um, even though he played so, a high level of junior college basketball, the Division One speed of the game is a little different still. Um, he's going to shoot the ball better and better. So I'd like to see those two things, and I think those two things will happen with him. He is uh, your lead guard this year, clearly. Last year, your lead guard was Caleb Fields, and he's been hampered in this early part of the season by injuries. Um, forget the numbers. Joe will agree with me, I'm sure. The eye test is that Caleb just isn't in sync yet, and it probably has a lot to do with him trying to catch up physically. What is your evaluation as far as Caleb's game is concerned from a purely physical standpoint right now? I'm not, I'm not worried about Caleb at all. He he's had a um, unfortunately a long layoff uh, with what he's been battling injury wise. And when you get a long layoff like that, it affects you. You know, it affects your timing. It it affects your rhythm. Um, and and he's in the process of going through that right now. So uh, he's going to get that back. I have no doubt in my mind he'll get that back. And I think it's going to be. You know, practicing regularly, which he's doing now, and then playing regularly, which he's doing now. Um, you know, I'm encouraging him to stay aggressive, you know, stay in attack mode. Uh, we went to him a couple times on ISOs where he got to the rim but, but wasn't able to finish or got to the backboard, wasn't able to finish, and we're going to keep doing that. Um, but, you know, I, I have confidence in Caleb, and he just needs to get <clears> – <throat> get that flow back, that rhythm back where he's got confidence. And, again, he's also in the process of learning what we're doing. You know, don't forget we, when we started all this and, and tried to, you know, change a few things, he still wasn't practicing. You know, and he basically was back to practice before that Division three game, which was, what, November 12th and we're November 27th. So he's got two weeks of practice under his belt after a long layoff. So um, he's on the come with that, and he's going to get better and better. Um uh, the second to last play of the game, you guys were you still had three timeouts, but um, you guys were um, you had a possession where it looked like you were in control. 
you know, you brought it down, you ran something. I think you ran Caleb off a single, double, and then you set him a ball screen. Didn't really use it. So going back to what you just said, do you see that he doesn't have his confidence, or does he tell you that, or do you ask him that? Because I thought that was a play heading down. I don't know if you remember the play. He wound up hook passing it out to um, Jack. to Jasper. He couldn't call a timeout because he got it with like three seconds to go, and Jasper wound up taking a desperation shot. I thought that was a play that was well set up to get him that side ball screen, that wing balls, and he really didn't – yeah. It, what? Do you remember the play? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about because we had called. There was a dead ball right before that. So we said we were going to go loop, loop. Um, out of that, which we did. Um, and it's basically some single-double action. Right. Because, and it's, it was good to us the whole game. We got Jasper loose in the defense a couple times. We got Jalen loose and got him an open look. So I thought it was good to us. And I kind of, in all honesty, Joe – that was the one spot in the game as the ball was coming up the floor where I was saying to myself, should I call another one? Should I call another one? <laughs> and then I, I, you know, immediately said, no, nah, I don't want to call timeout and play against the set defense. Well, but you did what you wanted to do. Yeah, like, people will criticize. Yeah. People will look at that just watching it. And, and, and again, I don't know anybody in particular. It's a true Stag fan because you didn't score. You wound up taking a bad shot. But you had everything you wanted. You th- you got the you ran clock. You were patient. You got him the ball where you wanted him to get it. And I'm not putting the blame on him either. But he's got to make that play. He's got to take the ball to the rim. Or and yeah, then it and winds you know up. What? He will. He will. He will. Yeah, that, and, that's my whole and point. And I did not hesitate to ram what I ran because I knew it would get action for Jalen, for Jasper, or for him. Right. Which right. is what I wanted. I want those guys with the ball. Um. And and I thought you know I I thought we got it in a good spot. And um, he will make that play. And I won't hesitate to give him that opportunity again, just like I won't hesitate to give it to Jalen or to, or to Jasper again. Yeah. Do, do, you, do you think – I think I'm a- asking a question that I know the answer to. When you play the way you do, there may be going to be situations where you're not going to use your timeouts late in the game. You know, if you were more of a half-court team, you might use a timeout in some of those situations. But because you play fast and you play in a flow, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if I'm sticking up for you or I'm just stating a fact. But yeah. you're, 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 you're more apt not to call. Let the kids play. That's what you do. Yeah, and I think what I ultimately decided was not to, not to, uh, not to call it because we had just gone over it in the, in the previous situation. So I, I opted not to call it because I didn't want them to be able to, you know, relax for a mm-hmm. second and mm-hmm. be able to set their defense. Um so, so that was a decision I made as we went down a stretch. You're, I think you're partially right, though, with what you're saying. Um, I would prefer not to use timeouts unless I have to. Right. Now, in that situation, had we not gone over that, you know, right before, I would have used the timeout and probably gone to the same thing because I thought it was good to us during the course of the game. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I would rather – not play against a defense that's been set and mm-hmm. organized and is in the half court as opposed to being able to go at somebody before they have a chance to set. The ball ended up in your hands there at the end, Jalen. Uh, you probably yeah. want that one back, but that was a bang-bang play. Uh, how did yeah. that, as far as that whole sequence, we're getting to the end of the game now. You guys, are, we've been kind of jumping around with these plays at the end of the game, but New Hampshire scores, a very difficult shot he makes, and uh, you guys come down, I think, with a little less than 13 seconds to go, and it's it's go time, and as you said, let's go. You know, they don't have a chance to set up. How did you see that play uh, transpire? You, you're going now, Jalen. This mm-hmm. is a game situation, and time's winding down. Take us through what you're trying to visualize as those closing seconds are, are ticking off. Yeah, I was just hoping we get a, a good shot. Um, Honestly, I thought JB was going to get a shot up. Um, he got fouled. They didn't call it. So I didn't really, really expect him to shot. So I was, it wasn't really in rhythm, per se. But obviously, I got to make that shot. It's a mid-range shot. But uh, I, was, I wasn't I was mad about how the possession went. Um, we got an open look. Would you prefer do you prefer that kind of uh, an end to a game? In other words, you know, Coach Casey said, let's go. Let's yeah, go. Do you, cool would you rather that. do that, or, or are you more partial to – Let's uh, let's set something up here and see. No, because I feel like it's better when the defense is set. Yeah, I feel like um, pretty much trust, like you said, trusting our players. We have a lot of good mm-hmm. players that can score on their own one on one. So um, I, I was I was supporting that decision for sure. By the way, you're correct. 
JB did get fouled on that play, yeah. but you know, yeah. whistles tend to get swallowed at times, That's and uh, hopefully these things even out over the course of a season. I thought Jasper made a great pass on that. I mean, he drove yeah. the right. He, yeah. he, he brought two guys with him who jumped. They were completely out of the play. But hey, uh, wanted to get the. Uh, this is going to be the mandatory part of the podcast until uh, those guys come back. Uh, the last time we spoke a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Barima Sek was literally getting ready to begin his rehab. So now about two weeks have transpired since then. Where is he at right now? Uh, any new updated prognosis and time of return? Yeah, well, he's um, – so we've been cleared now to get him some on-court workouts, uh, which he started yesterday, uh, Monday. So he'll get another one today. Um, so we're basically going to ramp up those on-court workouts – along with his rehab and strength and conditioning that he's doing. And then we're just going to have to see how those workouts go. That'll determine when he can start being in practice. Um, again, I'm hopeful from mid-December uh, to late December. It's going to take him a minute because he's got to trust that ankle again. He's been off it for a long period of time. Uh, but his, his workout went well yesterday. So hopefully he has another good one today uh, and he's not sore and then you know, I want him to come back when he's when he's healthy. I, I don't want to risk injury to him again. I want him to come back when he feels like himself, uh, and I'm hoping that's going to be around mid-December. Jalen Staggs fans have not seen him play yet, but you've played with him plenty. Mm -hmm. uh, what if you were to tell fans what they can expect to see from Barima Sek when he's on the floor? Mm -hmm. How would you uh, describe it? High energy. He's probably one of the most energetic players I ever played with. Um, great rim runner. Um, great rebounder, great shot blocker. Uh, he's just overall a really good player to play with. He's very unselfish, uh, looks for his teammates, and um, he just gives us a really good defensive edge and competitive edge uh, when he's on the floor. So when he comes back, uh, they'll be excited for sure. Same thing goes, of course, for uh, Lex, Alexis Yetna. And again, mandatory part of the podcast. Need the, uh, need the uh, latest on him. He's, he's kind of in the same situation. Now, we haven't gotten to on-court workouts with him yet, but he's doing more and more in his rehab, starting to run some stairs. He's doing more running. Um, he's doing a little bit of turf running. So he's starting kind of starting to ramp up a little bit too. Um, so I'm hopeful, again, with him mid to late December. Um, I'm hopeful within the next week or so that we can start doing some on-court workouts, but that's going to be determined on how he moves in those rehab workouts. Great. And there's a great body. Uh, you know, Barima had some time at New Mexico, but obviously the body of work with Lex is even more substantive. I mean, he's had some – you know what you're going to get from him if he's healthy. So leave it at that. And, again, knock on wood. Uh, how good was this guy on Friday? I'm talking to Coach Casey about Jalen Leach. Uh, you know, you've been around him now f since yeah. he was a freshman. Uh you get more of that, I think you're going to be a pretty happy coach, huh? Jalen is so capable, and, um, you know, you kind of touched on it, Bob, earlier. He's just had an unfortunate series of, of freak injuries. I mean, you know, the way he's playing now um, was what I foresaw him. I foresaw him playing, if that's a word. I don't know. Usually my English is pretty good. It so, is now. So don't grade <laughs> me on that. I, I could see him uh, – being what he is now towards the middle of his sophomore year, end of his sophomore year. Unfortunately, he never got to do that because of, of, of a whole list of injuries. But um, he, he was fantastic, uh, and, and I want him to stay in attack mode. I have a ton of belief in him and what he can do. Uh, I trust him with the basketball, and um, to me, he's an all-league guy in this league. And, you know, I, I – I, I just I just think he has a chance. He has the ability to to uh, impact games so many ways. Not and his de if you watch him defensively, the way he's moving his feet, he's gotten so much better at keeping guys in front of him. Um, he's done a really good job with that. I want to see him rebound the ball a little bit more on the defensive end because that gets his breakouts. You know when he can defensive rebound, um, he he's making threes. He's making mid range. He's getting to the basket. He's just now I think getting a hundred percent healthy off that sprained ankle. So. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see what the rest of his year is going to play out like. Jalen, how much uh, more confidence do you have just based on 
that kind of a game you had the other night. I mean, you've played good games for Fairfield in the past, but you blew past your previous career high. Mm-hmm. 25 points, is, it speaks for itself. Now, the good news is that with this Fairfield team, there are a lot of good scoring options now. And you did that. Bryson wasn't on the floor. You're going to have some other injured players returning. So they don't need 25 every game from you. But mm-hmm. in terms of how you felt and mentally – confidence-wise, the boost you got from that game. How would you describe that? Yeah, it meant a lot. Um, I feel like it was years in the making for that game to happen. Um, obviously, it's, it's a big confidence builder uh, leading into the next couple games. Um, hopefully, it leads into some wins, obviously, but in terms of my own confidence, it helps a lot. Um, it, it just shows like the work that I put in the summer is working, and uh, I just got to stay consistent. Um, obviously, like Cozy said, I have other areas to improve, such as rebounding, um, I like my assist numbers to be up, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it was an important game for my for the season for me, and um, I feel like I can build up on it. You're one of the four captains on this team. You're a yeah. senior. Uh, how um, you know how how much responsibility do you feel in, in that regard? Yeah, it's a lot. Um, mostly because I like I was talking about earlier. There's we have a lot of new people who aren't used to the D1 level. I uh, haven't really played the years that I played, me or Jack or Caleb or Bryson. So um, it's just showing people, like, uh, how to act every day. Um, and I feel like that will translate to winning basketball. And um, it's just making sure everyone has a positive mindset, even though we're struggling right now. Um, it definitely means a lot as a captain to make sure everybody's together. Oh, I mean, you've had, let's see, high school career encompassed two different stops, uh, Bergen Catholic mm-hmm. and then the Tilton School. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've played a lot of AAU ball. Uh, you jumped around a lot. You made a lot of transitions, of course, uh, the biggest one uh, from Tilton to the university, uh, to Fairfield University. Mm-hmm. Um, what's been the most challenging transition you've made uh, as far as all these stops are concerned, Bergen Catholic to Tilton to Fairfield, the AAU stops, uh, a lot of different, you know, st- places where you have to you know now make that transition to a different level uh, what's been the biggest challenge for you well I feel like my role has changed on the teams I've been to sometimes I'm the leading I'm the leading guard sometimes I'm not sometimes I have to earn my way through through practice and stuff like that so I feel like um obviously like my role has changed but obviously I've had to you know maintain my skill level uh maintain my ability as a teammate and um I feel like no matter what team I go to, I adjust well, and I feel like I'm a good teammate, and I feel like it uh, translates to winning basketball. You uh, come from a basketball family, so it's in your blood. Yeah. Uh, you were telling me your uh, earlier dad is a huge Knicks fan. You spent a lot of time in Madison Square Garden, I'm yeah. sure, with him. Uh, and your mom played at, uh, at Wesley. And first, your dad and your mom's names and uh, what they have meant to you as far as uh, your basketball uh, development is concerned. Yeah, they mean a lot. Um, they pushed me ever since I was younger. As soon as I told them I wanted to do this, they've, you know, invested in me 100%. Um, they come to all my games. They they talk to me after every game. Uh, obviously, I wouldn't be there without them. And uh, they usually give me great advice, especially my mom who used to play basketball. Um, my dad who also has people in his family that played basketball, even at the collegiate level. Um, so they've been great mentors for me, great role models for me, and you know, I love him dearly. Your dad's name? Brian. And your mom's, give us give us her name when she was a player at Wesleyan so our listeners can do some yeah, basketball Nicole reference. Rodriguez Leach. One more time? Nicole Rodriguez Leach. Right. Yeah. What kind of a career does she have at Wesleyan? Well, she was a point guard, so I guess I get that a little bit from her. She was more of a pass-first guard, um, just really wanted her teammates to do better. So, What do your, uh, what do your folks do now? Uh, my mom, well, currently studying for her doctorate. But she was a she was a banker, and my dad's in the music industry. He's like a, a manager, producer, has his own record label. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, any anybody that uh, well, I don't know if Joe would know them, but uh, some yeah. of our listeners may know some of the musical acts that your dad produces. Yeah, ASAP Rocky, um, pretty much ASAP Ferg, Pitbull, um, Lil John. Um, who else? Who else? Joe, I've heard of Pitbull. Yeah, I, I yeah, actually Pitbull's heard of Pitbull myself. That's impressive. Yeah. 
Have you got to uh, hobnob with any of the stars? <laughs> yeah, I met them. I met them a couple of times for sure. Yeah, yeah. Are, are you more impressed with them, or are they more impressed with you, the Division <laughs> One basketball player? Uh, I'm, I'm more impressed with them. You know, they accomplished a lot. <laughs> Do your folks get to a lot of your games in person here at Fairfield? Yeah, yeah. My my dad's usually sitting courtside, or my dad and my mom are usually sitting courtside with my sisters. Nice. They yeah. must. Uh, Mahoney Arena getting uh, five star reviews yeah. from them as well. Yeah, they are. Yeah. You, and uh, your siblings, did any of them play? My sister, they play soccer. They both play soccer in high school. Okay. Yeah. Are they in high school right now? Uh, my youngest one's a senior in high school, and the other one's a college freshman. Oh, nice. Yeah. Did you ever know soccer? Uh, no, I did play soccer. Oh, you did? Yeah, my mom made me choose, though, between basketball and soccer. So I yeah. chose basketball. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're happy you chose basketball. Me too. All right, now look, your personal record against Iona is 1-5. and five. Yeah. That has to change. It How has does to change. it change starting on Friday night? Uh, follow the game plan, follow the scout, um, make shots, obviously, and play together. I feel like, I mean, I've beat them before uh, my freshman year. And just It's just about, you know, being focused, uh, keeping the same men mentality throughout the whole game. And they're obviously going to make runs. So we just got to stick together. And and I feel like we're we're in good shape. Coach, you already gave us your breakout of uh, how to approach the Iona game. Uh Speaking about the MAC in general, the schedule maker certainly decided to test Fairfield early. Uh, Iona, the second place uh, preseason pick by the coaches, and the team that was picked first is Ryder, and you get them on the road uh, on uh, Sunday down there. The MAC in general, though, last year at this time we were talking about about Iona for good reason, as being, you know, a team that was a cut above everybody else in the conference. Not that they couldn't be beaten, uh, but everybody acknowledged this was the team to beat. Right now, the general consensus is that the MAC seems to be pretty wide open. Is that how you, you look at it? And I know you're only concerned with Fairfield, but in terms of the conference, if you had just a general feeling about how this might play out this season, how would you put it? Yeah, I think my initial feeling right now is that it is wide open. Um, I'll be honest with you, I have not seen a lot of the other teams mm -hmm. uh, paying a lot more attention to us on film and our opponents on film that we're playing in the next game. Um, I'll see, I'll see, um, I'll see uh, Mariston and Iona play tomorrow night. Um, so that, that'll be really a first look at two conference teams. Um, but, you know, my main concern is us. Like, I want us to keep progressing, which I feel like we are. Um, you know, our, our climb is, is a, I told these guys, it's a, it's a climb up a ladder and we're going one rung at a time. Our timeline's different and we're going one rung at a time. And I feel like we're, we're making that climb. Um, and this weekend will be part of it, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, the league is always good. The league always has good guards. The league is always competitive. Uh, unlike some other leagues, you know, the, the bottom team beats the top team. You saw what Maris did last year getting to the final. Uh, so you have to come to play in this league every single game. So, again, again, I'm being repetitive, but my main concern is us getting us ready and having us playing well. But I do think my initial impressions right now, just looking at a few scores, and I, I just think the league is wide open. Jalen, uh, you've been around now. This is your fourth year in the program. What is it that tells you about this group? And I'm talking about in terms of personality and, you know, just your collective um, collective skill. If that, that's not the, the way I want to put it, but I think you know where I'm going with this. When you look at this group and sense what it's capable of doing, how do you feel it translates to being the last team standing? And I know I'm jumping ahead here, but – just your sense of this team's potential to do great things once this max season starts uh, hitting the full speed. Yeah, I feel like this is the most competitive group that I've played with. Um, I feel like we have a lot of chemistry. A lot of us have been together for a little bit. Uh, we obviously played in the summer together. So I feel like uh, we've practiced a lot together. We kind of know each other's skills. And I feel like that's going to translate a lot because we, we're really stuck together in terms of when games start. Um, obviously, if you've seen it through the games, we've come back from deficits, uh, played well in the second half. So I feel like if we're just consistent, um, obviously keep playing together, and I feel like we're gonna, it's going to translate to a lot of wins soon. 
Well, it's an exciting time of year. Still a lot of non-conference games to be played, but the max season opens this weekend, and that is always uh, that's always something to anticipate and, and get ready for. And, uh, Joe, as uh, you get ready for uh, the Iona game on Friday night, you also have some good personal news to share. Oh, uh, yeah. We're yeah. losing track of uh, all the names of your grandchildren. Yeah, but just, tell us about the latest. Yeah, last night, uh, 5.40 p.m., my uh, fifth grandson, Came into uh, came into the world. So my daughter Rachel, everybody's good. As soon as we're done with this, we're heading down to to see her again. So uh, happy happy times. And and don't ask me about a basketball team because I'm making them all baseball players. <laughs> 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 my four year old's a switch hitting, and he a switch hit already. All he talks about is hitting bombs. Yeah. <laughs> That's all he nice. talks about. There you go, Grandpa. Let's hit it, some bombs. He'll he'll fit right into the analytics at this point with that. Oh uh, yeah. He's crazy with football right now. You ask him any score at four years old, yeah. and he knows it. My fear is that uh, he bets the games. <laughs> <laughs> Easy enough to do it these days. This is the uh, this is the uh, Joe. Any final words portion yeah, of the podcast? Yeah. yeah, I know we're way over. By the way, Wyatt's over here. He's getting a little angry, I think. But uh, real quick, um, I own a Fairfield. Uh, you're a Connecticut, New York guy. You've been in the MAC. Do you? put more emphasis on a game like that a lot of Fairfield uh, people do you know what I'm saying it's a big rivalry your, your thoughts yeah the short answer to that is no no I, okay. I don't I like you um, might upset some people with that answer yeah know? I mean it sounds like coach speak but honestly I'm just trying to get us playing mm-hmm. better uh, and I, obviously I want to go beat Iona and I think we can beat Iona they're a well coached team they're a good team that they're deep uh, but I think we're good and we're deep too and um you know, I think it's going to be a fun game. Both teams are going to go at each other, uh, get up and down the floor. Um, but no, I, I don't. There's no game that I'll place more emphasis on than another game. Uh, I don't think you do that during the season. Uh, I think the guys know when the game is, you know, they do. The players will do a good job of placing equal importance on every game, but then also really realizing the games that are amped up, and they don't need anybody to remind them of that. You know how Bob I think and they I know figure that out. What's Ticket that? requests. Yeah. <laughs> That's how Bob and I know. All of a sudden, he's coming out of the woodwork. These people are coming out of it's woodwork. True. you got a lot of tickets. friends for some of those games. Yeah. Like Sorry. <laughs> but, Jalen, how would you answer that question? Uh, you, know, you you know a lot of these guys. Well, then again, maybe I shouldn't be so presumptuous. Mm. There's such a turnover in college basketball rosters these days. But uh, as far as from a player's standpoint and going up against a rival like Iona, how would you uh, handle that question that Joe posed to Coach? Yeah, I mean, obviously we know it's a big game. We know it's going to be sold out, but uh, we're used to this type of stuff. I'm used to this type of stuff. You know, we're just going to keep a level head. Um, I wouldn't say it's another game because we obviously know it's a big robbery. It's been a big robbery the past couple of years. So uh, I feel like, you know, we're, we're going to have the same energy regardless. So it's going to be a fun game to watch for sure. Good stuff. Uh, good luck. Congratulations again on that great performance against New Hampshire. Keep Thank it going. You. For sure. Thank you. Coach, thanks as always for the time. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having us. That'll do it for this edition of Open Court with Fairfield coach Chris Casey. Next up for the Stags, yes, sir, the start of the max season. Fairfield home to play Iona on Friday night. Then it's down to Lawrenceville, New Jersey for the Mac road opener as the Stags take on Ryder University. We'll have Plenty to talk about the next time we join you on Open Court. In addition to those MAC games, the uh, Stags will be at Yale on December 6th and for another big rivalry game at Sacred Heart on December 9th. And we'll discuss all of that a few days following that Sacred Heart game. So for Chris Casey and our special guest, Jalen Leach, for the Fairfield Hall of Famer, Joe DeSantis, and our podcast engineer, sitting by patiently throughout this Wyatt Dossie. I'm Bob Giesler. Thanks for listening to Open Court. <laughs>